Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy back. He's the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. Crime Pro, uh, CrimeResearch.org is the website. It's John Lott. John, welcome back. Good to see you. It's great to talk to you again, Joe. Thanks for having me on. I, I have to know something right off the top. John, why is it that the left is so hell-bent on getting rid of so-called assault rifles? Now, I've got an AR-15 10 feet away from me right now. It is not going to shoot you nor me. During this interview, it's not going to do anything. It's an inanimate object. It's not an assault rifle. We wouldn't. It's not a, a military weapon. We wouldn't send anybody to, to war with an AR-15. Why is it that these the so-called assault rifle is under attack by one side of the aisle every single time? Do you know? Uh, well, I mean, I think I've come, unfortunately, to believe that they really want to get rid of all guns, but okay. they go after the ones that they think are easiest to demonize. I mean, you know... These are no different than any other small caliber semi-automatic hunting rifles. Right. Firing the same bullets with the same rapidity, doing the same damage. The key thing when we're talking about something like the AR-15 is military style, where the key word is style, where they're looking at guns that look like military weapons, even though they're not. I mean, even the Associated Press last year uh, in its style book, came out and said that uh, calling them military weapons was nonsensical, calling them assault weapons was uh, purely a political term, and that even the Associated Press acknowledged that there are no militaries around the world that actually use uh, these semi, uh, semi-automatic guns. Yeah. And so, but, you know, it's they pick on things, they use terms uh, that uh, get people upset and, and riled, I mean, we have President Biden going out and constantly calling for assault weapons bans after attacks that, even by his definition, don't use uh, assault weapons. Right. It's just something that they constantly do. I, I wish the media would ask these politicians lots of different questions, you know, questions like, well, you come out and say we need background checks on the private transfers of guns. Would it have stopped this mass public shooting? Would have stopped any of these mass public shootings this century? And they'd have to say no. But, you know, it's uh, unfortunately the media isn't critical of this. Even when the Associated Press comes out and, and labels these terms nonsensical, you still have the rest of the press basically just reporting what these guys are saying. Well, it's a big surprise to me, John, that the AP did that because the AP is very left-wing now, uh, and they're very woke and radical. So for them to admit it means that they knew that they couldn't keep on saying the lie. It's John Locke. Go to crimeresearch.org. For me, you're right. It's just a style. It's how they made it look. My AR-15 has some extra plastic stuff on it that makes it look a certain way. But it basically, as you said, shoots a twenty-two. It's a two-two-three or a five-five-six. It is a, a one-shot, one-pull. It's not automatic. These people act like they're machine guns, and they're not. And it's it's always imp- go ahead. Two years ago, we looked at all the crime guns used in these TV entertainment police shows. Yeah. Uh, on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, eighty-three percent of the guns that were used, the crime guns that were used, were machine guns. You know. In, in the United States as a whole, since the 1930s, there's only been one murder committed with a machine gun. Right. But uh, you'd have these entertainment police shows that would say, well, you know, this is an AR-15. And then you would see a machine gun firing. Uh, and, you know, so it's people get this in many different ways, this yeah. type of misinformation out there. 
it's not lost on me, and it's John Lott, President Crime Prevention Research Center. It's not lost on me nor on you, but I, I reiterate this as much as I can, that Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Stevie Van Zandt from, the, from Bruce Springsteen's band who just came out against guns, they're all protected 24-7 by guns. They're all protected right. by good guys with guns. And, and my only thing is this. You want me to give up my gun? Cool. You give up the Secret Service first. Give up the, the Capitol Police. Give up your security at your concert venue. Give up the security on your acting set. And then we can talk about it. But, John, they're never going to do that. Is it that they think that they're important enough to be protected and our kids aren't in school? Or do they really believe the BS that they're saying? What, what do you think it is? Well, I think a lot of them have come to believe it because, you know, they constantly hear about bad things that happen with guns. Uh, they rarely, if ever, hear about any of the benefits that are there. And so it's not too surprising that a lot of people have the views they do. I'll give you one example, and this is something I, I've talked to my friend Andy Pollack a lot about, and that is um, you look at where these mass murders attack. You read their diaries, you meet, read their manifestos, and they're constantly explaining that they why they pick the targets that they do. Right. And they do it because they want to go to places that are gun-free zones. Uh, you know, just uh, at the Nashville shooting, uh, it the Biden administration has taken control of the manifesto and won't release it. But one thing that did come out from the police chief in Nashville who saw it was that this murder actually had another target that they were going to be going after, but decided not to because of the concerns about armed security that were there. They picked, they then switched to the school because they apparently didn't think that there was anybody who was going to be able to go and stop them at that school. Right. These killers may be crazy in some sense, but they're not stupid. Their goal is to get media coverage. They know the more people they kill, the more media coverage that they're going to get. And, the, and they know if they go to a place where victims can't defend themselves, they're going to be able to go and get more media coverage. But I, I am at my wit's end because you constantly see things like the Buffalo mass murderer last year in his manifesto where he explicitly explains why he picked the target that he did. He wanted to go to a place where he didn't think any of his victims would be armed, would have concealed handguns because he worried it would make it more difficult for him to kill them. I, on our website at crimeresearch.org, we have dozens of these types of statements from these killers. Why isn't that newsworthy? We're trying to talk about stopping these attacks. Why does the news media, you know, New York Times, the Washington Post, even Fox, why don't they have stories that quote from these parts of these manifestos? These guys, the, the media talks about these manifestos a lot. I think they get lots of things very selective and very yeah. wrong. But how is that not newsworthy? You know, we have uh, the other thing about these attacks, which fits right in with that, is that they keep on attacking places where guns are banned. I mean, we can see the Louisville Bank case was a gun-free zone. Uh, you know, you take the school shooting in, in, in Tennessee. If you or I broke the gun-free zone ban that they have there. Uh, you and I took a gun in. It's a six-year prison term. It's That's crazy. a penalty for you and I. Our lives would be completely ruined as a result of that. But let's say the mass murderer who killed six people had lived, all right, and they were facing six life sentences or six death penalties. Does anybody believe that an additional six years? They say, "Well, I have six life sentences." 
and I can I can live with that. But an additional six years, no, that's just too much. I'm just not going to be able to do it. But I have to say, great point. The the entire gun control debate right now that we have would be dramatically different if even once in a while the media would report what's in these manifestos in terms of what these people pick, and once in a while would mention that we've had yet another mass public shooting in places where guns are banned. And I wish they would mention that we yet we have yet another case where a good guy with a gun stopped the bad guy with a gun. We keep on forgetting that. When Kamala Harris goes to Tennessee, she goes and kisses up to those representatives in the House who are complaining about guns and ignores the cops that saved a bunch of lives or, or ignores right. the families of those who were killed. Well, John, you're right. I mean, the point is obviously well taken by me and by my audience, and hopefully people outside the audience will get a hold of this uh, interview as well because... When you put up a sign that says gun-free zone, the bad guy says, great, no guns. The bad guy's not going to say, oh, crap, it's a gun-free zone. I was going to shoot the place up, but I can't now because of that sign. They, crazy as this sounds, it's against the law to kill people. So they're not following the law as it is, right? No, but it, right, but it's, it's a magnet for them because they know they'll be the only person that's armed. They know that these six-year prison terms in Tennessee will ensure that none of the law-abiding people who that would be a major penalty for uh, are going to obey that, uh, are, are, will obey it. And he takes advantage of the fact that he knows nobody else would do it. I, uh, one criticism I want to make of uh, some of the conservative Republicans on this thing, and this sure. is, again, something I've talked to somebody you've had on many times, Andy Pollack. Yeah. And that is, uh, so the governor in Tennessee is going to be having uh, $200 million to have school resource officers. Please don't put them in uniform. Please have them blend in if you're going to be spending that money. Let me give you an example. Smart, yeah. You want to have the air marshals on planes in uniform? No. So you have one air marshal on a plane. Would, it make, would anybody think that that would be a wise move to have the one air marshal in uniform there? Why don't they do that? Because you take that guy out if you're the bad guy. Exactly. And yeah. the same thing happens when you have one armed school resource officer there. If you know that he's the only person with a gun and he's in uniform, these attackers have real tactical advantages. They can either wait for the person in uniform to leave the area before they attack, or they can move on to another target themselves, or they kill that person first. And once they take him out, then they have free reign to go after other people there. I mean, my own belief is the most effective policy and cost-effective policy is to let teachers be armed. Absolutely, 100%. We have 20 states that have armed teachers, literally thousands of schools across there. And if you look since 2000, there has not been one single attack where anybody's been wounded or killed in any of the schools that have armed teachers. And they put signs up saying our teachers are armed and will shoot you and right. kill you before they, they let um, uh, the students be harmed here. That's the sign that should be up, not we don't have any guns here. And you couldn't be more right, John. We 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 allow teachers to raise our kids for eight or nine hours a day. We protect we, – we, we, we – we sit here and we believe they're going to teach them the right things, going to teach them how to socialize, going to make them productive members of society, let them go to the bathroom when they should, and let them eat when they need to. But we can't let them protect them when a bad guy shows up. It doesn't make any sense. But the argument is, yeah, a bad student can get the gun away from a teacher, or the teacher will be mad at a student and shoot a student, which has never happened, but that's well, the argument. Right. You're, you're exactly right. There's so much of the gun control debate is about what might possibly go wrong. Right. 
with thousands of schools having this. We don't need to guess. Let's look at the experience. And you bring up exactly the two points that you see time after time in legislative testimony when people go to oppose these laws. But the fact is, there's not one case where a student has gotten a hold of a, a teacher's gun. There's not one case where a teacher has lost their temper and shot somebody in, in the school there. Right. So, you know, is it possible? Yeah. But if you can't even point to one case with all this experience that are there, why should we put so much weight on it when we know that also that there have been no attacks where anybody's been wounded or killed at any of these schools? Exactly. It's John Lott. He's the president of Crime Prevention Research Center. CrimeResearch.org is the website. Gavin Newsom is clearly running for president. He hasn't said so, but that's what he's doing. The other day, he was being interviewed, and he said, and I'm sure you either saw it from him or you've heard it from a Democrat, all of the gun shootings and the rising gun crime is all happening in red states. Now, John, you and I both know that it's happening in places like St. Louis and places like Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin in red states. It's happening in Democrat-run cities. It's happening in cities where guns are restricted. But the people who are at, lar- are at large and very busy, maybe hear me a little bit, maybe watch the nightly news, believe that red states have an increase in gun violence because they're run by Republicans. How do we dispel that message by making it clear it's the blue-run cities? Right. Look, anybody, I mean, I've been involved in law enforcement. I've been a senior advisor for research and statistics at the U.S. Department of Justice. I was chief economist for the U.S. Sentencing Commission. And people know, or hopefully know, that law enforcement is a local issue. You have not only are policing policies overwhelmingly determined at the local level, uh, you have judges are overwhelmingly elected locally that's there. Um, you have district attorneys uh, who are making decisions to prosecute are local people that are there. And so, you know, you look around the country and you see liberal judges releasing, you know, large percentages over half in some places, even two thirds of the inmates from some urban areas around the country from jails. You see uh, police budgets being cut. You see district attorneys, Soros district attorneys, even in places like Houston or St. Louis or uh, Chicago or Los Angeles, other places, uh, refusing to prosecute violent criminals that are there. It's not rocket science. If you make it so it's less risky for criminals to go and commit crime, guess what? You're going to have more violent crime that's going to be occurring. And so, um, you know, the uh, Republicans in the state house can go and pass stiffer penalties for people. But if the district attorneys are refusing to prosecute them or if the police aren't given the resources or being told to stand down, uh, you know, you're not going to be arresting. You're not going to be convicting these people. And in turn, John, if you just saw what happened in Austin the other day, this guy, Daniel Perry, got convicted for a military member who just defended himself. So what we're doing, these Soros-based DAs, and this guy in in Austin is a Soros-based DA, um, they are deciding to punish the law-abiding citizen who is carrying legally, and and we made a victim out of the guy who was carrying a rifle in the middle of a protest, closing down a public street in Austin. How do you counteract that? Right. No, I mean, you're exactly right. You have other well-known examples, such as the bodega person in yes. New York City who uh, uh, defended himself. You have the couple in St. Louis 
who had to spend huge amounts of money on their legal defense, right. uh, finally w was pardoned by the governor there. Uh, look, you know, in, in Austin, what happened was the police were told to stand down. The riots took over the streets that were there, the BLM riots. This individual, this, who, this military officer who was driving uh, an Uber to try to make ends meet there, uh, went down the wrong street. And he found his car surrounded by protesters who were beating on his car. Uh, and uh, somebody pointed a rifle at him. Uh, you know, the first rule of gun safety is you only point guns at things that you're going to shoot. Yes. Okay. And so, you know, the person was quite understandably in fear for his life. I mean, he wasn't able to go anyplace because the protesters had surrounded his car. Right. Uh, fortunately, uh, Governor Abbott uh, is moving for the, uh, prop, I guess it's the parole board there. It's the, uh, the, the, the pardon board here, yeah. Pardon board, okay. To go and, uh, and pardon the guy. And so the governor, unlike most places, doesn't have the direct power to go and do that right. himself in Texas, but he's kind of put in the word that he'd like to see this happen. But it's clear that, that legal gun owners are under attack by people like this guy in Austin. John, I'm frankly out of time. Do me a favor. Can you come back very soon? Because this debate is just getting even hotter. And, and I yeah. love your knowledge on this. Can we do this again very soon? That'd be great. Thank you very it's, much. It's John Lott, President, Crime Prevention Research Center. Go to crimeresearch.org. Thank you so much, John. We'll, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. to have you. I'll have that interview with John Lott up later. A lot of people already reacting to it saying we need this information out there. We need the media to put this information out there. We need the media to stop lying to us about what's going on with guns and how to keep our kids safe. And the allegation that it's somehow a bunch of right-wing nutjobs is just not true. These are demented people. We've got a mental health issue in this in this country. Nobody wants to address it. 888-941-PAGS 888-941-7247 JoePags.com The uh, boss of Public HQ next, uh, next hour and much more. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.